Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Talk Local. Today, I was joined by serial philanthropist, lifelong region activist, and the president of the Crown Point Community Foundation, Mary Nielsen. Um, I was excited to have her on because not only is she a great person, but I really wanted you guys, the listeners, to understand that the amazing amount of work that the Crown Point Community Foundation does across the area. You're talking about organizations like Meals on Wheels and Habitat for Humanity and all these things that you see across the area that's super important. They at least have some kind of component to it. Um, the timing couldn't be better to have her on because she is also promoting um, a two-to-one match program for the Lilly Endowment that they usually try to accomplish after, before the beginning of every year. And they have about three more months. They're about 75% at that goal. And so it'd be perfect if uh, that was uh, something that you guys could even think about uh, donating to. Um, the conversation goes about 40 minutes. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Mary Nielsen. So I would say that's one of the things that people are aware of us the most for is those scholarship funds. But we, we basically work with individuals. We may have somebody who throughout their lifetime, and I'll just use the example of Meals on Wheels, um, that wish to support the efforts or the mission of making sure that especially elderly people, people that are in their own homes but have food insecurities, maybe don't have the wherewithal to be able to cook their own meals and whatnot, so they... Uh, are provided meals through Meals on Wheels. So uh, a person... Have you ever volunteered for that? I have. In fact, I used to be on their board years ago. Really? For Meals on Wheels. That was That's a very interesting nonprofit in particular. I did a couple days of like a couple rounds in the Maryville area and just amazed at how much of an impact that really makes on people's day-to-day lives. Oh, it is. It's, it's a tremendous impact. And I don't think most people understand how many nonprofits there are actually, even in our local communities. Tons. We work with hundreds of nonprofits every year um, through a number of different grant-making initiatives and whatnot. But it's, it's those types of nonprofits that we work the most closely with um, through our what we call our community grant-making efforts. And just to give you that example again with Meals on Wheels, there could be a person that throughout their lifetime, they support Meals on Wheels, but they want to support them beyond their own life. So they'll create a fund um, in this case, because we have different types of funds that people can create and establish. Um, This would be what we would call a designated fund. So they always want their grant to go to a particular type of organization, Meals on Wheels. And so they'll establish the fund. We manage it. Those monies are invested. We have a a pool of all of our funds together. Those monies are pooled together. We have an investment committee that invests those dollars. And then so over time, every year, a percentage of those funds are rolled off in the form of a grant, uh, say 4% of their fund balance. And so every year, they're able to support Meals on Wheels or whichever type of an organization they have a passion for. And we basically manage and we send those grants to those organizations year after year after year. So it's an opportunity for somebody who has a passion for a particular interest area or type of organization or mission or whatnot to support not only in their lifetime, but forever to support an organization by creating a fund with the Community Foundation. 
It's unbelievable. I mean, the work that you guys do is crazy. And that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on. So people can just understand the amount of work and the amount of places your like hands get into because while the scholarship funds are great and everything too, like we were at the ribbon cutting for St. Jude house and that wouldn't be brought possible without your funding or how many nonprofits get to benefit from that grant money. And so how do you find the relationship between, um, I guess, acquiring appropriating the funds from people and finding investors? And is there a a process where people can invest into this kind of stuff? Well, the way we look at it is how do we help support local people that want to just do more good things in their local community? Because that's really what it's about. It's about people that love where they live and they want to see more good things happen. They want to see support of, it could be particular types of organizations or it could be where they just want to support the community as a whole. So based upon that, we work with our, I call them friends of the foundation. There are donor base, there are fund holders, but it's people that wish to just support their local community. So they'll approach us or we have a number of you know efforts that we do to uh, just create awareness, let people know that we're out there, obviously, and how they can work with us to continue to support different interests that they have in the community. And then they'll basically um, establish what's called a fund. And there's a number of different types of funds and so forth. And they could, once they establish those funds, then we manage them. And then those dollars are used to give back to the community. And I'll use, for example, if, if somebody in particular, they, they just love where they live. They don't have a particular area of interest if it's, like I mentioned, Meals on Wheels or St. Jude House or um, Girls on the Run or... Uh, the YMCA it could be any kind of a nonprofit 501c3, uh, but they just want to help the community year after year. So what we actually encourage is if somebody's interested in just helping their overall community, no matter what point in time, if it's this year, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, one of the best ways they can give is to what we call our unrestricted fund. And when I say unrestricted, because all this terminology, what does that really mean in layman's terms? People yeah. don't understand that. It just means our board of directors, because we have a board of directors that really direct, uh, direct the work of the foundation, and they can make the determination on where those dollars go, where they go in a community, where's the biggest needs in this point in time or in 10 years from now and whatnot. So it's unrestricted from the standpoint of there's no restrictions from the donor on how those dollars can be used as long as it's benefiting people in our service area. Um, for a broad range of community needs. And so people can give to our unrestricted community grant-making fund, and then our grant committee meets three times a year. The nonprofit organizations will apply for grants, like you mentioned, St. Jude House. And St. Jude House, they've been operating now for, I believe, just over 20, 20, 25 years, and they were in need of a new playground because obviously um, over time they just needed to refresh that that playground equipment and whatnot. So they submitted a grant application to the foundation, and then our grant committee uh, reviews the grant applications that are submitted three times a year, and then they make a determination of you know how much they can award based on what those needs are. St. Jude House had a need for new playground equipment. Our grant committee felt that that was a worthy cause, obviously, and something that we wanted to support. So then they awarded a grant. That grant then goes to the St. Jude House. They use those dollars to purchase the new equipment, install it and whatnot. And 
so that's one of the ways of how we partner with the nonprofits is through our grant making efforts. So I really look at it as we support the missions of over you know, hundreds of nonprofit organizations year in and year out. That's really the type of work that we do is supporting the support of these organizations that have their various missions and they're very, very focused obviously based on um, you know, what are the, whatever the particular needs, St. Jude House for uh, women that are involved in domestic violence and their children and whatnot, Meals on Wheels, making sure food instability and supporting uh, the seniors with their providing quality meals. And, and obviously every type of nonprofit has their mission. We support the missions of the various nonprofits. That's kind of what we do. Awesome. I, it, it always fascinates me because like we've had Lisa Doherty on the podcast before. And it's when you're when you're running and you're the executive director of a nonprofit, when, like the lines have to blur a little bit about between your philanthropic and the, your it, be, it being a job, right? So what re, like where have you where does like your passion for philanthropy philanthropy? Philanthropy. Philanthropy. It's yeah. a hard word to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where does that where, where does that kind of stem from? Because I feel Myself like personally. Yeah. Well, I think it for me it's just how I was raised. Uh, my family has always been very giving and generous of uh, the local community and just supportive of the various entities and whatnot, and just wanting to see. Um, kind of what the, the, the whole purpose of a foundation is, too, wanting to see our community grow and prosper and be, be vibrant. So as a young person, young child, just seeing the efforts of my mom and dad, um, taught that to myself and my siblings from a young age, from even within our own local church and, you know, helping with different efforts, helping with, you know, just different community needs that were out there and just giving back. And I think based on um, even within, because my dad had his own business and whatnot, which all of us kids from a young age kind of started working in. Uh, once we were 10, we were able to start working <laughs> in the summer, so we started very young. That's and, awesome. And, you know, looking at, we've been very blessed, and using, you know, those, those dollars that we were able to generate and so forth beyond ourselves and to help others. And that's really what it is, is just... Um, just giving back to the community where they've been so supportive and, and helping our family uh, over the years. And so just giving back to help those in the community. Is that something that you took on even through like college and um, probably your mid twenties to, to your adult? Like I, I would consider being an adult like post 30 for me. <laughs> to me I, I think it's just been a part of my life since I can, my, my earliest recollection and earliest memories just because of, uh, being involved in different like mission work and whatnot. And yes, through college, I was involved in a number of different uh, groups and organizations. And into my you know young adult life, it's something that my husband and I once, um, we were married and whatnot, had children incorporated into their lives. Uh, my, I have two daughters and they've been from an early age uh, taken to a number of different um, you know, service-related type work, helping just volunteering for a number of different causes, um, helping in their local church and whatnot. So it's just something that's been a part of our whole life and how we've instilled that even with our daughters. I'm, I'm very proud to say my, my oldest daughter, who's a, a junior right now at Franklin College, when she graduated high school, she had the most community service hours of her graduating class. Awesome. Um, just because of all the, the type of 
volunteerism that she was involved in and just mission work through our church as well. My younger daughter, who is now a freshman at IUPUI, she actually graduated Crown Point High School her junior year, so a year early. And even with graduating a year early, she had the second most community service hours of her graduating class, which was over 750 students. So I'm pretty proud of my daughters and just their, what I would call just their community service and their their volunteer work that they've done but that's something that's kind of been instilled their whole life my whole life and just a part of what we do it's you know we've we've all been blessed and no matter what there's the ways of giving back and helping others and if it's through volunteering or um, financial ways of giving there's just ways of giving back everybody can help somebody Mm -hmm. in small ways to large ways I've never been on a mission. What's like, and I've always like admired those who did. And I, I see it in my church all the time of people going and doing that stuff. Um, where, where did you go? And, and what, what, did, what kind of like project was that? Well, I do a lot of more local type projects. Um, and I'll use this from our church standpoint, because I look at mission work as anything you do in your community that's helping others. Okay. Um, but that can be right in your own backyard to just helping your neighbors, obviously, if they need even something as simple as, you know, a neighbor has a new baby and taking them meals, things of that nature, helping maybe even uh, clean their house because they're just overwhelmed and just so much to be done if you have a new baby and whatnot. So anything from that all the way to going you know, across seas and, and helping in different countries. Um, I have not done anything as far as overseas mission type work, um, more locally based, but even my daughters, they've been involved in a number of uh, mission related service projects, um, more local, even in communities like Gary or uh, other parts of Northwest Indiana, to going to even just different communities and Illinois or Michigan or whatnot, and just helping through children's programs or helping with um, food banks and stocking food or going out and um, cleaning different areas, even doing community gardens, uh, things of pulling weeds, just community beautification projects. So it it really varies. Um, That could be where they're going out and into the community door to door and asking people to Uh, just give a can of food and they use it to stock food pantries to organizing food pantries to helping with um, people that have disabilities that utilize services where they have like with horseback riding and and whatnot so there's a lot of different ways of giving back and helping through mission type work but our family looks at it as anything that you do to better the community and your neighbor is mission work if it's local or across, you know, someplace else in the world across the seas. Yeah. How do you find time to balance like your job and that? I mean, I think you're like, you're, it's awesome that you can kind of, I guess, appropriate that and what you're currently doing because it's part of like what you do as a job. But like for someone like me, I, I feel like while we're in the community a lot, I, I find it hard to like kind of segregate enough time or like just to be able to go do that. And so is it just like a passion thing? And like, I just wish there was way more time in the day sometimes. I think it's something that it's intentional. Obviously, we make time to do that. It's like anything else. Life gets busy, but you have to actually just kind of, I wouldn't say schedule it, but schedule it in a sense. Uh, One of the efforts that I started taking my daughters to when they were very young is a 
an effort called Women on a Mission. And it's through our local church, and it's hundreds of women that get together, and it happens twice a year. And there's a, this wonderful woman that kind of organizes this, and she, she probably works with 50 different groups, and they have throughout Northwest Indiana, and they have a number of needs. It could be where you go into their own facility and, you know, dust it or clean it from top to bottom, wash floors, wash windows, um, to stocking food pantries, to organizing uh, at the St. Jude House, where it could be where you're organizing their area where they have different clothes or whatnot for their uh, uh, clients and whatnot. So there's a number of different things or needs in the community. And through this one group in particular, there's just, like I said, hundreds of women and we get together and they have different assignments for you and you go out into community and you do whatever that job is that you go to do. And so it's something that, like I mentioned, it's very intentional. We schedule it. And that's just one example. But I think it's just in if you start early and young, and that's one of the things that we promote through even the foundation uh, as far as people in philanthropy is get your kids involved. Because if you get your kids involved from an early age and they recognize that it's not all about me, it's about those that live in our community and how we together can help one another, which builds a better community. Because if we're all working together, it just makes for a stronger community overall. And then you just start finding out what kind of needs there are. And then you hear from, you know, one person or another or organization and whatever your interests are. One of my daughters has an interest with horses. So we, she works with a group that um, works with people, uh, young adults that have disabilities and just helps them through their efforts by horseback riding. One of my daughters has a, a passion for and actually even in college works with Habitat for Humanities. Um, so there's just a number of ways of giving back and there's so many different organizations. It really depends upon what your passions are and then just finding ways to help and being intentional about it. Yeah, man. And like I've helped build a ramp for Habitat for Humanities. The stuff you're talking about with Meals on Wheels, I've been on those tracks. And it's just there's definitely uh, something that's really powerful about being selfless right and the for someone like you who's really connected it's like you already know all the resources at hand and you're a great resource yourself is there a way that like people who maybe instead of being in tune with every nonprofit because there is so many is there a resource out there that allows you to kind of look up in a database to where you can go and be like okay that looks really cool i'd love to volunteer for that well, I have to say that's one of the biggest benefits of the Crown Point Community Foundation is we operate what's called the Volunteer Fair, and we just had, it's, it's always the uh, first Saturday of March every year. We hold it at the Crown Point High School, and it's really an opportunity for people in the community to come to this. It's, it's an event, and the nonprofits, they set up a booth, a tabletop booth, and it's an opportunity for them to share their mission, the kind of work that they do, and to let people know what type of volunteer opportunities are out there. Um, and it's for young and old. It can be anybody from a, a child all the way up to somebody, you know, there's, there's no limit. Um, but we hold this event every year just to give recognition to the work of these nonprofit organizations. And like I mentioned, just to give people an opportunity to visit with them, learn more about the work they do, how they can volunteer and help. And then we produce a publication. It's actually, we work through the times. The times have been very generous. And we have a tabloid 
that we uh, send out through you know their whole market area and this uh, uh, tabloid goes out into the community and it lists every one of the nonprofits that will be attending the volunteer fair every year it gives different stories around them what their mission is what type of volunteer work they have available what the age limits are because you know some it depends on what type of work and you might have to be of a specific age or have different skill sets but that's one of the ways that we try to just introduce the residents of South Lake County to the various local nonprofits and the work that's available and how they can volunteer and help. So we try to, like, this will be coming up in 2020, our 11th year of holding the volunteer fair. And it's just a wonderful opportunity for people to get to know who these organizations are and how they could help in, you know, with their different needs. Yeah, well, if there's ever a way we can help out get that word, I would love that. I know we've we've been kind of messing with the idea of like it's hard to do it once a week, um, but at least once a month it'd be awesome as a staff to just like pick a nonprofit and then like videotape a day in that life would be really awesome. And so like, and you, I don't think you understand like not not you, but the people in general or us who don't do it, how important that stuff is and how many people they need. It really is God's work. Well, it is, and a lot of people think, well, I can't do that because it's just a huge time commitment. You can give as much or a little of your time yeah. that you want, and every hour helps. And that's one of the things, too. All the, the high schools in the area, and I think this is pretty much nationwide now, they've incorporated service hours. And this is an opportunity for students to learn about the different groups and organizations that are out there and to learn about you know, the work that they can do to just help others. So I think the schools in general has helped to just show the community, you know, what, what kind of nonprofits are out there, what kind of missions they have, and how you as an individual can give back. And I think that's helped drive not just the students, but the students to then share that with their families and get more families involved as well. So I really have to commend uh, the schools for putting these the community service initiatives in place as well. And obviously the churches, every local church, um, there's always work that can be done in any local church. You don't even have to be a member of that church. They have a number of outward-based mission projects that they always need more people to help support. Um, so anybody that has an interest, as I mentioned, it can be an hour a week. It could be 10 hours a week. It could be more. It really depends on your own personal self, but everybody can help do something if it's just that hour a week to whatever it may be. Over your experience of the, at the foundation, are there any real highlights that you kind of bring just good vibes every time you think of that you really enjoyed um, and the impact that you like knew was like a, a big win for you? Well, and I've been with the foundation just over three years now, and I think they're all big wins. Um, I think one of our biggest wins was even just last year, I'll, I'll give you an idea of through our grant cycles, because we have the three that I mentioned. These are uh, grants that go back out into the community to the 501c3 uh, organizations. Well, we have a specific number of dollars that we can uh, use every year. It's through our unrestricted fund and the distribution from that. So there's a specific amount that we have to work with every year. And once those three grant cycles are completed and the grant money's been awarded, sometimes not all of those dollars have been granted out. 
And last year in particular, we had just about $30,000 that wasn't granted out. And knowing that there's a number of needs in the community, I talked with our chairman of the board, who at that time was Linda Armstrong, and I said, you know, we're in end of September. We still have almost $30,000 that we could grant out in our community grant-making fund. Is, is there an opportunity where we can, instead of just rolling it into next year, is there an opportunity of how we can use these dollars for just a high-priority need? So... She gave it some thought. She talked with some of the other board members and whatnot and came back to me and said, you know, I think what we could really do is food insecurity. There's a huge amount of food insecurity in South Lake County, which a lot of people aren't aware of. And that's just people. I mean, these are meeting basic needs, people that just need food to get them through every single day. And so we thought this is a perfect opportunity to use those dollars and grant it out to our local food banks. So we granted out almost $30,000 to, I believe it was 18 local food banks. And we did that around Thanksgiving time so they could use that to just provide meals to people in need, especially that holiday season through Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I think that's a huge win for us and and what our mission really is and how we support the community with, you know, we we try to look at what are the, the greatest needs in the community. And obviously somebody who has these basic needs just making sure they could have meals for the day. And so to be able to support that effort was what I feel is one of our big wins. Heck yeah. And like, that's one of those things that I don't think people realize is that like how much, and that's the stuff I was talking about when we started this up is that how much you guys impact without even realizing you're impacting. Cause it's not like people are walking around with banners at these things saying the Crown Point Community Foundation gave this for, to make this happen, you know? Um, and so one thing I'm curious on is like, how often do you get to see your the, the the grant money that you like allow to people? How many times do you get to see it in motion? Do you make it like a a precedent to go and check it out as well? We, we do. We try to do site visits and so forth. Also, when an organization receives a grant, um, they have a certain amount of time to obviously expend those funds and whatnot because they'll have a program or a project or whatnot. And I'll I'll use the St. Jude House because they needed that new playground equipment. So they'll have, let's just say, six months to be able to use those grant dollars to bring that project to life. So once they complete that, then they submit back to us a grant report. And it's not just a written report. We want, you know, the story around it, the photos, how it really helped their organization, how it helps the kids. I mean, just the, think about just these kids that have a place to play just to alleviate some of the stresses that they're under because of the situation they're in. So these organizations will submit back to us their grant report with, um, you know, the stories around how that money made a difference because it's really not the, – the, the money starts the initiative, but it's really how it impacts the life of somebody. And so we, we do site visits. We look to see, you know, how these grants have really helped benefit, you know, the, the clients that – these organizations are working with. We also do a lot of follow-up stories through our own newsletters or through um, our social media and through our annual reports. We're trying to kind of capture, you know, how those dollars are making a difference in somebody's life. It's, it's really not about, well, this person gave and then we awarded this. It's really the lives that are changed because of the generosity of people in the community crazy when you're ahead of the because something and this is another thing that i'm like fascinated by because um 
like we didn't we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. we alluded a little bit to it but the difference between like the wins and losses right and as i feel like when you're running when you're the head of something like a foundation or even on a much smaller level like what we do here it definitely feels like you can't always be looking backwards you've always got to be looking forwards and so for the foundation what do you see moving forward that are some maybe initiatives that you would like to see kind of blossom um or kind of make a bigger impact than you already have and that's that's a great question and and i'll say for myself personally as well as obviously a board because we have a 19 member board that directs uh the the work of the foundation and and always looking at you know what's what's that vision what's how do we continue our mission and our, our mission is simply to enrich the quality of life in our service area which is crown point cedar lake lowell and winfield and i think our next big big initiative that we're looking at as a is a board and a foundation is how to be more impactful with our grant dollars how to help alleviate some of the root issues that are the cause behind some of these ongoing problems or issues uh, currently we're also working with on a regional or a, i would say a county-wide level um, with the legacy foundation to look at not just our own service area, but to look at our county in general and what kind of issues are affecting, you know, not just Crown Point or not just Cedar Lake or Lowell, but what's affecting our whole region from a, a county effort as well as a regional effort, because we're also working in, con in conjunction with the Unity Foundation, which is out of LaPorte County. So we're looking at higher level issues and how can we as foundations through philanthropy try to put an end to some of these the root causes obviously we know food insecurity people that um, just can't put enough food on their table uh, these are I mean and these aren't people that are just they're, they're they're different than what people would imagine because these are everyday people they're people that have jobs they're people that are uh, doing things and giving back in their community they're they're people with families they they just aren't making enough to get by on a day-to-day, -day, and so they need some extra support. So we look at how can we help alleviate some of these initial or these like root causes. Obviously, somebody maybe needs to, you know, uh, upskill, uh, look at more education or things that they could do, or maybe it's better daycare and, and how they could, you know, support their families because a lot of times, let's say it's a family and um, both parents are working, and let's say a child gets sick. Mm -hmm. And usually it's the mom, not always, but it's the mom who is the primary caregiver. So she may not be able to go to work for that day. She is probably, you know, on an hourly basis. So she's losing money if she has to stay home with her, her sick child. So looking at are there different opportunities if that type of a situation, you know, who could come in as a caregiver to help that family where it's not costing that family something so that the, the mom can go to work. Um, be able to make, you know, her, her salary or her, you know, income so that they can provide the necessarily just everyday means. So it's, it's really, you know, we, we look at what are these issues that we could help resolve. Um, and there's a number of them that, you know, from health and wellness to, uh, obviously you're looking at some of these big issues when it, uh, revolves around even workforce development and how to bring, um, even more jobs into the area so that people that are looking at, you know, how can I advance my family or grow my, I wouldn't say my wealth, but just my income to be able to support our everyday needs, 
you know, just things that they can do to better themselves. So we're, we're working conjunctively with other groups and organizations so that we can look at how can we, through philanthropy and the dollars that we have for grant making, just help these families get that next step up, that next leg up to just be more vibrant um, and just better their own lifestyle and that quality of life that we're talking about. You bring up a really interesting point because it, it, it kind of re- refers me back to that Alice uh, initiative that the United Way has, Lake Erie United Way, and it's um, essentially just putting on a new face of poverty. And I think that in this area in particular, that is essentially what we're talking about here is that I think when people think of poor people, they think of like people on the corner holding signs, literally homeless, you know? Um, and what I loved about that initiative in particular is that like, it's not that poverty sometimes is living paycheck to paycheck and it's a new face of, and I think that's what we really live in in this region as you're talking about, like there's the hourly components of it. And it's one thing living paycheck to paycheck, but you're, you know, two flat tires, away from being in the negative and, and trying to find money, you know, and, and cause that that's where the system's really fallible for the, that type of demographic. And it'd be really interesting to see how, what, what the, what people assess as like the needs of this community and then coming together as a whole. And I think that's what you guys, the power of what you guys do. Right. Well, it is. And then that's, you know, one of the things we do is we reach out to the community to find out what are the needs. We don't right. want to be the ones to just try to say, well, here's what we think the needs are. We, we work with our, you know, hundreds of nonprofits to help identify needs. We reach out to the community to hear directly from them on what those needs are and whatnot. And not just to hear what the needs are, but ways to resolve them together. I think that's probably one of the biggest keys is not just thinking that we, the ones that are doing this type of work or those that are in the nonprofits or, you know, managing the foundations and so forth, but actually working hand in hand with the people in the community that know what the needs are and then how we together can address them. Because what we're really trying to do is just help elevate our area and our, our county and then obviously our whole state. And if we can alleviate some of these root causes on why some of these things are happening and to help these people that are living paycheck to paycheck, because it could be, you know, we're, we're coming into fall and winter. Their furnace may go out. That's a huge expense. If they don't have dollars yep. put aside in an emergency fund, how do they buy that new furnace or even get the repairs made or a child that might need braces or glasses or Whatever it may be, it could be just simple things, but it's beyond the scope of their everyday budget, mm-hmm. and they need assistance. And so we just we look at how we can come together as a community, uh, working together with you know both it's it's actually both private and public uh, entities and whatnot um, to just better the lifestyle of everyone who calls Northwest Indiana home. Uh, we dealt with that something personally recently with the big rainstorm that was from Crown Point. And I don't know if you saw the pictures of the subdivision that had like the, the, like the sidewalk that was caved in. That was my subdivision. And of course I was out of town that weekend. You know, I was in, I I go like on one trip a year at this point. Um, now that I have a child, but, um, I was out there with a, at a golf trip in Lake Geneva with my friends. And of course, Friday night comes rolling around and my wife's like giving me a call late at night. And she's like, Hey, um, we got a ton of flooding in the basement. So we ended up having like three and a half feet of water. Um, and luckily for us, we had insurance, we recovered, but there was everyone on our, on our street was essentially in the same boat we were in and not everybody was covered. And so that was, and we went around and looked at our, our hot water heater was out. Our furnace was out and we looked at it and we were like, well, what's the cost of this? Cause you don't know until you need it. 
you know? Right, exactly. It was $7,000 in some cases. And so it's like, and then so talking to my neighbors, it's like, man, if you don't have that money readily available, what do you do? What do you do? You just, exactly. there's nothing it you do. Exactly, it puts a burden on that family. So unlike a United Way or a traditional nonprofit like um, the Meals on Wheels, the St. Jude House, and so many others, Habitat for Humanities, um, that's, that is why community foundations and the benefit of them, because we help support a broad range of community needs. Um, we support the work of the various nonprofits. So whatever it is, if it's public safety issues and whatnot, we support you know the police departments, the EMA, we support the fire departments helping purchase equipment that they may need. Um, we support so many different types of efforts that depending upon what kind of needs somebody may have, if it's health-related and, and just educational. We support a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, the efforts of the schools. Um, so it's not just all where somebody has a great need. It could be things that encourage and provide you know, youth development. One of the biggest efforts that we have been uh, working in is with the new YMCA. And our foundation made, this is in fact the first time for the Crown Point Community Foundation, made a long-term commitment, 10-year commitment to give so many dollars every year for 10 years to support the efforts of the Y. And it's because of just a lot of their youth development programs and, you know, how they work with kids to help them, you know, mature into uh, adults that can give back to their community. And and just the, the health and wellness issues, too, around the seniors and just you know, helping people live a better lifestyle. Yep. So we felt the number of people that they touch in the community was worthy of our support and on a long-term basis. So a lot of what we do is, is looking at how many, how many types of projects or programs or uh, how many lives these initiatives touch, and then we look at supporting those efforts. Um, and like I said, it's a broad spectrum of what we support in the community, and that's what makes a community foundation so unique. We're not driven by a certain type of um, mission, in a sense, whereas a traditional nonprofit, uh, they have a particular type of mission. Our mission is more broad-based, and we support the work of all these various entities in areas of, like, like I mentioned, youth development, um, health and wellness. It could be uh, just public safety, um, just uh, animal-related. We help even the, the shelters and whatnot and providing assistance for you know, animal control and things of that nature. So we really try to support a broad base of issues just to enrich our overall community. So you had something that you wanted to kind of promote here as well, and that's the two-to-one grant matching program? Yes, we have an opportunity uh, periodically through some of our partners that we partner with, I call them our community partners, and one of those is actually, it's the Lilly Endowment down in Indianapolis. Awesome. And Lilly Endowment has been a tremendous benefit and resource for all the community foundations in the state of Indiana. They've actually helped to create a lot of the community foundations. Indiana is very unique in the sense that every county, all 92 counties in Indiana, has a community foundation. And a oh. lot of that is driven because of, uh, or put in place because of the Lilly Endowment. They knew that they wanted to support the state. 
They wanted to help enrich the lives of those in the various communities throughout the state, but they knew they couldn't be the, the kind of the hands on the feet, or the hands on the feet, the, the feet on the ground yep. in all areas of the communities. So they knew if they could partner with the community foundations that support their local community, they could help uplift our whole state. So periodically they have, through what they call their GIFT program, that's GIFT, G-I-F-T. It's an acronym that stands for Giving Indiana Funds for Tomorrow. So they'll put different initiatives in place and matching um, initiatives. And currently we have a two-for-one match opportunity through the Lilly Foundation. And let's say a donor, they can give to our unrestricted community grant-making fund. This is the fund that supports a broad range of Um, projects and programs throughout the community that I mentioned through our grant program. And if a donor gives a a dollar, it's matched $2 for every dollar given. And so it's a tremendous opportunity to let your dollars do a lot more work. So for instance, if somebody gave $100 to the Crown Point Community Foundation, $200 will be matched. So their total gift becomes $300. So those monies can just do more work out in the community. So that initiative is currently underway. We are about 75% um, to capturing all of our grant dollars that awesome. we have available through Lilly. Um, so if somebody is interested in giving to the foundation, you could simply write a check, or there's a number of ways to give gifts to the foundation and to capture those match dollars. Our goal is to try to complete that match by the end of this year. Um, like I mentioned, we're 75% complete. We think we're, uh, we can complete that, that match. Um, but if not, it goes through actually December of 2020. Uh, but we've just been very fortunate through our donor base, through our fund holders and whatnot that have been just looking at this is such an opportunity for that two for one to really be able to put more dollars back into the community. So that's just, Lily has been a tremendous asset to not just us locally, but to our entire state to just kind of just uplift the state and help better the lives of all who live in Indiana. Heck yeah. You mentioned they can just write a check, but is there some kind of um, literature that they could look at for like online? On, is it on your, your website or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, definitely. They could go onto our website and it lists how people can give. Uh, basically, um, you know, there's a number of ways, obviously the, the easiest way is to write a check or, you know, uh, can make uh, a donation online through a credit card and whatnot. We have a lot of people that'll give even gifts through, um, giving gifts of stock or through their IRAs. Um, that's a big, big thing that we look at this time of year with year end gift giving people that are 70 and a half or older that have to make a distribution from their IRA, they can give that to a, a gift to the foundation and it helps them with their tax situation as well. So there's a number of ways that people can give to the foundation. Um, all that information is on our website or you can always call us at the foundation. I'm happy to talk with uh, our you know donors or potential donors. I do that every single day. I have meetings with donors or just phone calls and just help them to understand how they can help their community grow. So we talked a lot about the foundation. I, I'm gonna, we usually kind of wrap with a little bit about yourself. Um, if there's like three things, three takeaways that you want people to know about you, what would those things be? Well, number one, I, I love obviously my, my family and, and the community I live in. Um, I'm uh, very much a, a faith-based person. I have a belief in, in God, and that's very important to me and my family. 
And, you know, I think that's where it all stems from and just how we give back to the community. So, you know, and just, I, I just want to look at how I, in my own life can, you know, better those around me through not only my work that I do with the foundation, but on a personal level as well. So I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, we're all here for a short period of time. Um, we want to enjoy the life that we have and we want to help others to enjoy their life as well. And just to make things a little easier for those that are going through a tough time. So I think that's really what defines me as, you know, um, just giving back and, and, you know, doing things with my family and my friends and enjoying the time that I have while I'm here. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. This is awesome. We'll make sure to like put this post up. Uh, and if we have like links or whatever, we'll definitely add it to our posts of when we release the podcast as well. So well, thank you. I appreciate you and the opportunity that you're providing uh, for us to just to share a little bit about, you know, the work of the foundation and how people can get involved. And ultimately it just helps make our own community thrive and be more vibrant. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Time. And this has been one of the best journeys I've ever been on in the last two years, just by being able to the, building the exposure platform is really complicated in Instagram, but it's being able to kind of make a difference is like what drives us as well. So it's really great to hear that perspective from you. And again, thanks for coming on. Is there anywhere that people can find you? You can find us on our website at the, it's T-H-E-C-P-C-F dot org. Or you can give me a call at our office, 219-662-7252. Our office is right on the square in Crown Point, same building as the Chase Bank building. Um, we are there every day to help people just look at how they can better their community. So give me a call, check us out online, or... Stop on into the office. We're always happy to see people. So thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Mary. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.